the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Streaming now on TuneIn.com and Radio.com. AM 1220 KDOW. The views and opinions expressed by Ron Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Um, Yesterday, it was bad when I left the air at 9 a.m. Pacific time. It got worse as the day went on. Uh, It felt kind of like getting clotheslined. It felt kind of like getting sucker punched. Um, You know, a referee would say, that's us, unnecessary roughness, 15 yards. It was a bad day. It wasn't ideal. It wasn't great. But with that being said, look where we came from. So I would take what we've gotten this year, every year, um, but I'm in the right areas. I was in the areas that probably benefited the most. Not all of them. Not all of them. A lot. Stocks had their worst day since June 11th. You have to go all the way back to when you were a child and your mother was, no, no, just June 11th. So the volatility is maybe a little bit more normal. Uh, there was two, stack, two stocks in the NASDAQ 100 that had a winning day yesterday. Two. Two out of 100. That's not good. The names that uh, were winners were Moderna, coronavirus play. And Ulta Beauty play on one of the Kardashian or Jenner kids' makeup line. I think that's fair to say, but you could just say makeup for young people as well. Uh, big losers. Teladoc down 9%, NVIDIA down 9%, Slack down 8%, AMD down 85 Zoom down 11 Apple down 8 Bitcoin was down 5%, and it made a five-week low. Macy's was a winner. No one knows why. Is it because someone's going to bail them out? I doubt it. Cruise Lines, Carnival, and Norwegian rallied 5% and 4% respectively on more positive uh, uh, vaccination news, opening up news. People have uh, built up uh, aspirations to go on vacation news. The biggest losers in the universe caught a bid. It's kind of weird, sort of poetic beauty, isn't it? 
when Norwegian and Carnival, you couldn't pay me to go on a cruise. I wouldn't do it if you paid me. And that's, again, just a personal thing that I have against cruises. Okay, you may be able to pay me. Apple yesterday was like the apple from Sleeping Beauty. Don't eat the apple. Don't eat the apple. It's poisonous. The witch has it. It was bad. But it's had a historic run. My net worth, I looked at it this week. It's ridiculous. I never, ever dreamed in my life that I was going to be able to have that and to attach my horse to the apple buggy. It turned out pretty well. But listen to this. Um, they lost $180 billion market cap yesterday, being down 8%. That's, that's big. Like that's, some companies aren't even $180 billion. Like it's, it's a whole company they vomited up yesterday. That's a lot of Airbuds that they're going to have to sell. That's a lot of watches. That's a lot of phones that are being taken out of the current valuation over a 24-hour period. It's not a lot better today. Apple's up 66% year-to-date. It's up over 100% since its March 23rd bottom. Um, where do I think it's going to go? I would love to see it go all the way back to 92. Keep in mind, it's stock split. I kind of want to see it fill in a gap. There's something called gapping up, and I don't talk about it a lot. That What will happen when a stock like looks like uh, the chart looks like the Empire State Building it'll eventually come back down and fill in that gap that like, for instance, when you split adjust it for $98, um, there's, it's just nothing but straight up until about 105. I would like to see it go back to that 92, 95 area, kind of fill in that gap, go sideways for a couple weeks, more than stoked if it does that. That's an odd one. Speaking of odd ones. And when it, you, sometimes you think of Apple, what do you think of right next to it? Microsoft, right? Didn't they have legendary battles? Um, do you remember there's some of those awful, awful movies? Um, I want to say they were like Lifetime movies in the early 2000s. Bill Gates versus Steve Jobs. Bill Gates played by Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> you're like, well, that's a weird casting. Who was Steve? Uh, uh, Steve, uh, who played him? Um, it was Dr. Noah Wiley, the guy from ER. I can't think of his name. But I, I digress. Um, odd casting in my mind. QuantumScape was the what I'm getting at, Microsoft Play. It's an electric vehicle battery supplier supported by Bill Gates and Volkswagen. Latest automotive company to go public via SPAC, which is a special purpose acquisition company. It's a solid state battery developer. It entered into a definitive agreement to merge with Kensington Capital Acquisition. Um, Bill Gates just got richer. Good for him. I think he's done a lot of good with his wealth. The billionaire pledge that he's put into place and gotten other billionaires like Warren Buffett and McKinsey uh, Bezos to jump along with, I, I, that's going to save more lives and help more people in the next 100 years, probably than any other fund. Now, again, I could be wrong. I don't know that world as well. I don't know giving philanthropic. But I plan to give some. I'm not going to be a billionaire, but I think he's done what great for the world, and I've benefited from Apple and Microsoft in my portfolio. Um, at one point in time, I owned Philip Morris, and my father died from lung cancer, and it's a horrible, horrible disease. But as an investor, it got schwacked in the late 90s, early 2000, when 
uh, attorney generals from different states were like, oh, let's let's sue these guys. You know, they knew it was bad, but so Americans have known it's been bad for 40, 50 years previous to that. But yet, what so I mean, we did. And I probably bought some of the shell company that was oversold. But people are like, how could you do that? Your dad died of cancer. I was like, I'll give the profits to, to charity. Like I, that's where I kind of divorce myself a little bit. Carnival in Norwegian led the SP 500 yesterday for the, probably the first time ever. It's the headline I read. Um, Royal Caribbean, Carnival Cruise Lines, and Norwegian are the three players there, in my opinion. Maybe there's another ancillary play. Oh, I love it. Um, now I want to go on a boat. It'll be magical and mysterious and romantic. And you'll throw me overboard. Facebook has new policies that they were talking about yesterday with political ads. I, I, I just feel it's a, a mess. It just feels like a mess. With the elections coming up and COVID-19 afflicting communities across the country, um, Facebook said they're not going to accept new political ads in the week before the election. They're going to remove posts that claim people will get COVID if they take part in voting. Um, who are the people that believe that? That like the United States Post Office has put COVID on your ballot. Don't mail it in. Like, there's ads that do that, and there's people that believe that. Okay, okay. Then in mind, I know some people that think you know immune responses will beat uh, COVID, and Dwayne the Rock Johnson got it. I've always said that if Dwayne the Rock Johnson could get COVID, Rob Black could get COVID. And that's not exactly what I said, but we'll leave it at that. Um, elsewhere out there, fast food companies, McDonald's, is setting up a relationship with Travis Scott. What? what, what? There's going to be called a Travis Scott sandwich? I'm not terribly familiar with who Travis Scott's music. I know that he's younger generation. I know that he's hip hop. I know that he's done a Super Bowl. I know that I, I can't name a song though, right? And I think there's a Kardashian involved in there somehow, some way, someplace, some shape. But it's going to be a six dollar meal. It's going to be served with barbecue sauce, fries, and Sprite. What do you think about that? Hip hop artists getting their own sandwiches at McDonald's? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. It was a good week. I got back on television after a layoff due to COVID. Ah, good enough to open a cold one? No, a Diet Coke. A little bit tired this week, but I digress. Um, it's good. It feels like some things are getting back to normal. This weekend, AMC is going to open 70% of their theaters. I don't think any of them are going to be near me, but they're going to be showing the movie Tenet, which is going to be a fun movie, a little bit of escapism. Will it pull in $70 million in its first weekend? I can't imagine. But then again, maybe I just don't know, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. If you want to call, I would love it. I think it um, makes the show a little bit more interesting. Um, 
taking a look at some of the stories today, the August August jobs report, and typically I try to start my show with either the top three stories of today or the top stories of yesterday. If yesterday was a dramatic day, I, I start there. If today is going to be a dramatic day, I start here. But the U.S. economy beats forecasts, adding 1.3 million jobs in August as unemployment tumbles to 8.4%. I used to work with an economist named Arnold Bentley, Roger Bentley Arnold. And I'm like, dude, that's so close to like Benedict Arnold, isn't it? It's too much going on there. He's like, yeah, yeah, he was a great grandparent or something like that. It's like weird. Um, but the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics said the U.S. added 1.37 million jobs. One of the things that the economist once told me was, don't believe the statistics. Kind of had that whiny pitch. And I'm like, why? And he goes, well... Government can go sample Philadelphia, for instance. And Philadelphia just got a government contract. So you start seeing the unemployment numbers change for the better. But what about Atlanta? And I'm like, okay, so you can't completely trust them. But on some level, you've got to put some faith in them, right? And that's where I'm at. Marks the fourth straight month of job additions as the economy tries to claw back from a coronavirus-induced recession. U.S. saw historic job losses in April. And not very many presidents can get reelected in a job market this bad. You can go back to like Kennedy and go back to Lincoln or George Washington, Jimmy Carter. Um, bad economies spoil reelections. Now, they didn't have reelection problems or anything like that. I know Kennedy was shot. But I'm trying to say you could try to say like, oh, my favorite would have been impervious to this. People vote with their checkbook a lot of times, their pocketbook their wallet. Um, I certainly understand that mentality of Americans. Um, I'm not going to get into politics, but I could say that there's been a couple presidents who've gone for two terms and in between the first term and the second term, I've gone, eh, things aren't so horrible. Maybe I won't vote. Maybe I'll vote for the other person. Maybe I'll vote for an income. Maybe I'll vote Mickey Mouse. Like I didn't take it seriously because the first, part went well, well enough. There's things I like, but things that I don't like, you know what I'm saying? So I get the apathy tied towards, um, just put, keep getting the incumbent. And there's a phrase that pays called happy and apathy. And it applies to one of the, my friends in college. And she was so apathetic at times about a horrible person. She was, um, dating. I'm like, you can't be that apathetic. Can you? Um, apathy is feeling no emotions when good or bad things happen. To count as apathy, your symptoms must be severe enough uh, to affect your social life. And the phrase happy and apathy, kind of say it a couple times. It's fun. Uh, take a look at some of the other stories. Well, let's, take it, let's stay with the labor market number, okay? How does the recovery trade take over for investor sentiment when the mega cap growth momentum stocks run into problems. So we've talked about a rotating market, maybe a, a market rolling over, maybe a, a sector rotation. So the question now is, as we see these jobs numbers, and you go, those are pretty good numbers. We're, I'm not going to say moving right along. I found a life on the highway. No. Um, but for the first Friday of the month, this is kind of what we wanted. This was a good number. Was it the end-all, be-all number? Nope. Are we exactly where we want to be? Nope. But heading into Labor Day, we get good labor numbers. 
And it's going to ask me to ask you, are you ready to give up on the momentum plays, the shutdown plays, the Zooms? Uh, Zoom usage is going to go down massively when kids go back to school, right? I can't wait for kids to go back to school. They should have, they should have teachers because teachers are the best people on the planet. I had some amazing mentors as a teacher, and I didn't know there were mentors at the time. I had some amazing, inspiring teachers. Um, so I'm stoked that we're thinking recovery trade right now. I'm a little bit sad because Apple, Zoom, Microsoft, um, you could add a couple other ones in there like uh, Dell, a comp, not a compact, uh, NVIDIA, AMD, uh, people who sell computers and printers, Best Buy. You could kind of say, okay, if we're going back and it looks like the economy is picking back up and the COVID, we're starting to see treatments, we're starting to see lower death rates tied to people who get it. Although I saw some, some pictures of what a COVID long looks like, and it's not nothing to mess with. And the Big Ten did a study on the athletes who've gotten COVID, and they've recovered beautifully, but their lungs, not their lungs, their hearts have damage. 10% of them had like heart damage. Now, not serious heart damage, but heart damage nonetheless. Not something to play around with in my book. Consult your own doctor. <laughs> Anyhow, let's keep talking this through. Markets opened higher on the job numbers. And the markets kind of fell apart shortly thereafter. So the market's asking the same questions of, should we be doing the recovery trade? Should we be doing the non-shutdown trade, the opening trade? Should we be going after cruise lines and movie theaters and hotels and airlines? Uh, the answer is yes, if you believe the data. Should you be giving up on Zoom? The answer is yes. If you believe the data, like DocuSign had a great quarter and I love DocuSign. It's the coolest thing as a business person to not actually have to go to a signing, to not sign a contract with a signature, but to do it on your own computer. Now they're benefiting from two things. People aren't going to businesses. And there's also been a, a big push in mortgages as people go, COVID, I need a second home. And I hear a lot of advice about get a second home, don't get a second home. I think you should always do what works for you. But I don't look at second homes as investments. I don't look at my primary home as an investment. I think both will work out over time. I think the primary has a better chance of working out because you're probably buying it in a good school system, probably close to your job. Um, whereas a luxury place could be like Belize or it could be Tahoe and Tahoe's late could turn black. And like, no one ever wants to go there again. So second homes, I think, are different ideas than primary homes. But I don't look at any time you take a $600,000, $700,000, dollars loan as an investment. I look at it as a liability. I share that with Rick Gallivan, who is, oddly enough, one of my mentors. Um, talked to him once. Well, I think I talked to him twice. But recently I talked to him and it was kind of cool. So all about that. 800-516-1220 get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So I want to please make very clear that 
even though I'm talking about a reopening trade, I'm not saying you should do it. You should figure out what's best for you or consult a broker advisor that, that knows you and your situation well. But it's feeling like that, isn't it? Tesla's down today. Um, Apple's down again. The companies that would benefit from an economy with jobs and from economy with people going to schools and going to work and going to universities, and it still feels way too early to say that, right? But it's September, and a lot of vaccine data is going to come out in October. And will we have a vaccine before the election? I doubt it, unless that's going to be a November surprise. Um, but Russia has vaccine. Remember two weeks ago we talked about Russia? And I get the feeling we all have ideas about this. Putin goes, I want to be the country that gets the vaccine first. Tested on everyone. Tested on poor people. Tested on rich people. Tested on the soldiers. That's my impression of Putin. If you ever thought I was going to be in the movies, I'm not. Um, so Russia's vaccine trial shows no serious adverse effects as of now. How do you feel about that? It's interesting, right? Um, because we don't trust some data coming out of the United States. How do we trust data coming out of Russia? Um, when they had a problem with their, their nuclear power plant, eh, just a small little problem. We've got it under control. And then the world finds out it's a full-on meltdown at Chernobyl. So they didn't have it under control. But that's kind of a, is that my Drago? from Rocky IV? Is that my bias from the 1980s of USA versus Russia? Reagan, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. Is that my... It is a little bit of bias, of media bias, isn't it? But we've seen that Dr. Howard Koh, who served as an assistant secretary for health in the Department of Health and Human Services in 2009 when H1N1 flu virus was detected, he's urged a unified national approach. And we're hearing positives out of Russia. Um, We're looking at the... Um, uh, the economy adding jobs. We've got some positive news out there today. Uh, the Malaysian government in weird news, but there's always something to look around, isn't there? Uh, Malaysian government has dropped criminal fraud charges against Goldman Sachs as part of a $3.5 billion settlement. Mm. That's sometimes tough for you to wrap your head around, the risk that you don't know. Goldman Sachs is a... a Pretty fine bank by historical standards. They have great brokerage, great banker. Are they getting attacked a little bit by fintech? They are. The 21st century has not been kind to some of the, um, the institutions, per se. How could you possibly know that they're going to have a $3.5 billion lawsuit? Settlement with Malaysia. How could you possibly know that? There's going to be things in stock companies that you just never, ever, ever know. You, they, they're supposed to tell you all the information that's public. They're supposed to make material information available for everyone in a similar manner so that the insiders can't dump out. But that's kind of a story where it goes, man, there's things that you won't know, right? Federal government shutdown is looming. Not really. Funding running out September 30th, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin have agreed to separate negotiations to keep the government running from discussions of another COVID-19 relief package. Um, good. I like that we're not going to be terribly dysfunctional. Uh, unemployment rate falls to 8.4%. That's the big story of the day. First Friday of the month. The How many jobs do we add or not add? 
doesn't really matter. To me, it's 8.4%. Now, where is it a year from now? Where is it three months from now? Where was it three months ago? It, it's trending correctly, but 8.4% is awful. And when you start looking at some of the, the inside data and you like, what type of jobs are we creating? What are we doing for African-Americans? What are we doing for Asians? What are we doing for Latinos? What's the job market look like? When you're at 8.4%, it's still going to be problematic in a lot of areas. What's it like for 25-year-olds? Um, and then you get like the, does this count in the airlines, which are dumping a lot of employees right now? Nope. That's going to come next month. So it's going to be bumpy. I think we're going to be okay. We're moving in the right direction. It's still stubbornly high. And that's stubbornly high. It's, it's, it's recoveringly high. Stubborn would be like, oh, we've, we found the miracle cure for turning straw into gold and unemployment's not at zero. Why is that? So one of the trends that has happened in COVID, and forgive me if I can't figure them all out and put them in one show, it would be fun to try. Like, oh, did we bring, push forward? Did we pull forward um, tech consumption in our life? I got my kid a desktop before I thought I would. I pulled that forward. So is there ever going backwards on that? Nope. Once you open that Pandora's box, it's open. But car makers were struggling this time last year because you and I can get in um, a Lyft or an Uber and go cross town for 20 bucks. So some families were going from two cars down to one. Now the idea of getting in a Lyft or Uber is disgusting to a lot of people. And again, I'm not saying Uber lot drivers or Lyft drivers are disgusting. I'm just saying the idea of sharing it with a passenger that you didn't know earlier for a lot of people are gross. So we're buying more vehicles. We're adding more vehicles back to our life after years of trending to fewer vehicles. I don't think I would have um, eloquently said that until today. Before I'd say Uber and Lyft are struggling because no one wants to go anywhere. They don't have to. We're working from home. And we saw that trend, but we didn't see the opposite side of it. They're, not only that, but we're buying cars. And we're buying used cars. And used cars are good for the car parts industry. So there's some, there's some positive things going on there. I know you're saying, Rob, something tells me you're going to say something stupid in three, two. I was thinking about buying a pony during COVID <laughs> as my form of, of, my form of transportation. Wouldn't it be great to have a pony? No. Me neither. Okay, so cars are making a comeback story. 22% of people surveyed said that they plan to buy a vehicle in 2020, weren't planning to buy it before the pandemic. 33% expect to use their car more going forward than before the pandemic. 39% of ride-sharing users will decrease or stop using that service entirely. 39% of ride-sharing users will decrease or stop using that service. That's bad news for Uber. It doesn't mean you sell the stock. It doesn't mean you buy the stock. It means you have more homework to do. 44% of public transportation users will decrease or stop using the service entirely. Having been in the New York City subway system, I can tell you, subway systems scare me. The San Francisco subway system is a walk in the park compared to New York City, where in New York City, you wear headphones, you act like you're listening to music. So when crazy people scream at you, um, you can kind of not have a response, but you got to keep your eyes quite open. So 44% said no more public transportation. That's bad news for society, right? 
but it's good news for car makers. 49% surveyed said they see their car as an escape or for fun. I get that. This weekend, I know a lot of people will be traveling. The Bay Area is going to be 90 degrees hot. It's California's on fire and California's cooking. Um, don't know if that's going to be good for the wine. I don't know if there's any positives that we should start talking about, but the negatives are we're probably looking at more forest fires. We're looking at more bad air. So a lot of people will be looking at their maps and like, hey, Monterey looks clear. Let's drive there. The beaches aren't on fire yet. <sighs> Yet-ish. 69% surveyed said they delayed buying a car in June, down from 79% in April. So people are starting to get back into their own cars. The ride-hailing safety concerns, I think, are real. I think that's an issue that the ride-hailing companies are going to have to deal with. But then the ride-hailing companies, Lyft and Uber, are also dealing with the state of California saying, you know those gig workers? We don't think it's totally fair that you make them pay all of their own taxes. We don't think they should be paying. Like, the government's starting to say, what you're doing with these people is kind of giving them a job, but not giving them the benefits of a job. And you're getting cheap labor. So there's going to be some sort of compromise, I believe. Gig workers won't be completely on their own, but they won't be completely employees either. Or I don't, again, I'm not a lawyer, but that's what the conversation is saying. Road trips are in. That should be good for gas stations. Are there any publicly traded gas stations? Not really, but gas stations are tied towards um, inflation. And if we're road tripping, we're probably consuming more. Demand is higher. Supply should be, well, we don't know about supply because supply is heavily influenced by Saudi Arabia. It's heavily influenced by Russia. It's heavily influenced by the United States. Where do we pump at a loss oil out of the ground? Or in Saudi Arabia, their oil is so good, they could, they could probably get it out of the ground for $10 a barrel and still be okay. There we go. Office workers are working remotely. That's kind of in a play here as well. The work from anywhere trend in 2020 could cut both ways. On one hand, it could lessen the need for a personal vehicle. If you're working from home all day, no need to commute, right? I do fear going back to commuting. I do. I don't want to. I don't want to. But analysts say it's more likely that people who previously worked in cities with access to mass transit and ride sharing will need a car for personal use if they're temporarily or permanently moved to suburbs. So that's kind of a push. Anyhow, in any way, you can find me online, robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. I pledge if you listen, I'm going to do the very best I can to get you some ideas that should help you accumulate wealth into retirement so that you can live off your own wealth and not necessarily count on Social Security. Unemployment rate drops to 8.4%. The Dow's down 540 points. The NASDAQ down 570 points. NASDAQ's down 5%. That's a bloodbath. That's ugly. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. 
You know how the market's getting crushed today and it got crushed yesterday? It comes with the territory. Um, you should get used to that. I'm seeing one stock trade higher today that's on my list. Of I'm kind of interested in that. Do you know what I mean by I'm kind of interested in that? But stocks are getting hit pretty hard. When you talk about the NASDAQ down 500 points, it's an $11,000 index. Whereas the Dow Jones Industrial Average is a 27,000, almost 28,000 point dollar index. Um, so 500 points on the NASDAQ is a pretty bumpy ride today. I think that's fair to say. Um, one of the stocks that I'm looking at is one of those reflation. It's an economy play that things open back up. I think you all know I like live music. I'm not really big into movies. I'm not really big into sports. We all have our things, right? Um, travel, I'm not quite there yet, but I get it. Those are things that we're going to be spending more money on if things reopen. Are we there yet? Probably not. Um, 800-516-1220 to each call. And there. Cyclical stocks are outperforming. The treasury curve is steepened. The Russell 2000 is just down a fraction, whereas the NASDAQ's down a lot. Telling us there's some sector rotation going on. Some money's leaving tech, and it's finding it in the Russell 2000. Money's leaving tech, and it's finding it in the Dow. It's pretty stunning to see it in real time. I get it. Um, Apple's fell yesterday 8%, but it's still up 11% over the last month and 33% over the quarter. It's like, how do you, like, that's tough stuff to, to wrap your head around. Everyone, please remember I own shares in Apple. Um, CNBC reportedly showing that Moderna is slowing down the COVID vaccine trial enrollment in order to ensure diversity. That's another thing that's going to be very, very important here because we have found in the past that drugs that were tested on animals didn't necessarily trust well on humans. Drugs that were tested in the black population didn't necessarily have the same efficacy as the white or the Latino or the Asian. Um, so we got to get this one right if we can. Slowing it down is not a bad thing. So Moderna is down six bucks today. That's a $65 stock becoming a $59 stock. Canopy Growth was upgraded to buy from, uh, strong buy to buy from buy. Canopy Growth is one of the marijuana companies. Do you remember the good old days when we talked marijuana? States are legalizing marijuana. Recreational use is okay. For some states, it's medicinal use. Canada has legalized it completely. And then the stocks didn't really work because what we've learned is to make a semiconductor, I could never, ever do it. Never, ever do it. To make a car, I could never, ever do it. Um, I watch shows like uh, How Things Work, and I go, wow, I didn't know that's how you made a, a jet engine. I could never do it. But to grow weed in my backyard, not the most difficult thing in the world. So it's not the toughest business to crack into. Size is going to matter. Volume is going to matter. The early movers is going to matter. Um, but it's just not my play. You get that. Elsewhere out there today, if I were to say the jobs numbers were solid, I don't think that's saying anything crazy. 8.4% unemployment. We need to get that employment rate somewhere between four and six. Four is very, very hot economy. Six is a little bit slower. 8.4 is pretty close to six, kind of. So we're getting closer, sort of. But we have some more layoffs that are coming this month and next month that will be factored in. And 
I don't know. I'm, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't play that game at all. Zoom Video did something bad for all the COVID players. They, they had a monster quarter. Monster quarter. So when you look at DocuSign and you say, that's a pretty good quarter, but it's no Zoom quarter. That's kind of a sub-story of not all these stocks are created equal. Next week, we're going to have the markets closed for Labor Day. I will take the day off. Hopefully, you can spend some downtime loving with people that you care about. Um, Tuesday, though, we get right back at it. Citibank has a global technology conference. It's going to be virtual. But technology conference means we're going to hear from DocuSign. We're going to hear from Cisco. We're going to hear from Kulik and Sofa, Intuit, LAM Research, Autodesk, F5 Networks, VMware, Workday, NVIDIA, Etsy, Salesforce, Applied Materials, Uber, Hewlett Packard, just to name a few. It's like Reese Witherspoons, Madonna, Ryan Reynolds. It's a who's who in tech companies. I ain't saying Ryan Reynolds. That's an odd pull. Hugh Jackman. I have a thing for nostalgia, and that just reminds me of my childhood for some reason. Wednesday, we get more conferences. We get a healthcare conference. We get a global retailing conference. We get a communication entertainment conference. That one will be kind of interesting because we're going to hear more from like the Viacoms and the IMAXs, Foxes, Sony's, Sirius Satellite Radio. Um, we need our entertainment. So conferences are kind of big deals. And one of the things I like to do is if I find out like Goldman Sachs is having a biotech symposium next Friday, I'll go Google Goldman Sachs 10th Annual Biotech Symposium. And if it looks interesting to me, I'll call Goldman Sachs and say, I'm Rob Black. I'm kind of a big deal. I've got many bound books of leather that smell of rich mahogany. And they'll go, ooh, you're Rob Black. We will let you in for free into this virtual conference. I'm like, okay, thank you. doesn't always play out like that, but it can. The big tech companies, the horsemen, as we like to call them. Uh, and I think we're going to add one this year. Just it happened in COVID times and work with me on this. The big tech companies, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Alphabet, Facebook, uh, Tesla on some levels. I think we have to add one NVIDIA because this was the year that they passed Intel as far as sales uh, into data centers, into video games, uh, cards, into that, that overall market of artificial intelligence. That's a good thing. And I think we reward NVIDIA. Now, has it gone too far too fast? Yeah, but it's like a baby fast grower compared to Apple, who is an older fast grower, or Microsoft, who's a really old fast grower. That's the concepts I'm using in my head. Anyhow, Total Burger Riser, Figure Action, Avron, New Stocks, Mitch on the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. Fingers in your mouth, up on the sun, playing drums with a bleach bone, just like you like. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.